Bonnie, go fishing. It's cold and I'm tired. Bonnie, you need to go fishing. I don't want to go. I'm too tired. But what if you miss out on a really big fish? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a point. Back the boot and by the bay. Tie the knots that take the weight. Got my mates by my side. And we'll be frying up tonight. Sailing on the tide will not return until we're stacked. An esky full of beers will soon replace with what we catch. G'day, I'm Snagger Brown. And I'm Starlo. We live in Australia, the land down under, and we both live to fish. I've been fishing for half a century and teaching other people how to fish for four decades through fishing magazines and on the small screen. And while I'm no expert, it's my good mate Starlo that's inspired me to do nothing else but fish. But right now, we're about to take you on a journey into the world we all love, which is fishing. With no rods, reels or money, for the next 20 minutes, let's explore the people, the places and experiences that make our hearts miss a beat. Sailing on the tide will not return until we're stacked. An esky full of beers will soon replace with what we catch. In this, the first episode of The Global Angler, join us in our own backyard in the southern part of New South Wales, Australia, where I show Snagger that whilst luck might not be a fashionable word in fishing circles, by crikey, she had it in spades today. She hooked a wonderful southern species, a lovely silver trevally. But sadly, I lost an enormous flathead. It was at least oh, over... 40 centimetres. Oh, you bugger! <laughs> anyway, Whatever. we hope you enjoy this first episode of the global angle. But before Starlo and I take you on the water, here's a small taste of fishing in Australia. This is definitely crop country and we're just sneaking up on one. Shh, where are we? Up the top reaches of the Annan River. Just got to remember, whenever you run into a branch, lean forward, otherwise it can rip you out of the boats. <laughs> Bit of a drop there. How do, you, um, how do you fish this place? Oh, with great difficulty. Well, they should be fish in there. Slippery has tied a heavy-duty belt to his four-wheel drive and uh, thrown it down this gully that we're going to or abseil down by the looks of it. We're getting back in, but we're both on either side of the boat, pushing the boat back. And Gary just said there are crocs in these here waters. I have no way of describing this place apart from no one should be here. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's going! Yeah, it's Ladies and gentlemen, guess what I'm hooked onto? A big marlin. <laughs> I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> okay. Holy cow. Oh, you're kidding me. That's the sound of hell. Oh! No! <laughs> How many minutes are we into this? Oh no, where are you going, mate? You're going to New Zealand. What do you think you've got on the end of the line? Blackfish? Oh, yeah, he's definitely a, a blackfish the way he's ooh, shaking his head. And I'm just going to use the power of one of these waves in a second. 
to hopefully wash him up here. Let's get a look at him. I was just about to come down and ask you what we were doing here. Oh, guess what, Bonnie? It's not a blackfish. Oh, we're going home. Oh, it's a, it's a cocky, a rock cocky, the scourge of the black fisherman. Oh, no. Is this my introduction to winter fishing? Yeah, this is not good at all. I'm not coming again. <laughs> Listen, you've... you've ah, oh, get him up here. You've shown a lot of perseverance. I'll just get this bloke up. Whoa! <laughs> Even the spectators are laughing at yeah. Tell us what happened, Bonnie. I can't, Steve, I can't. I don't even know how to try and tell you what happened, but we were fishing on the ledge and uh, I caught the, the fish of the day, huge drummer. You were standing next to me, encouraging words, bring it in, bring it in nice and gently. Then a huge wave peaked in front of us and it was a wall of whitewash that got bigger and bigger and you kept saying, you, you, you had your eye on it, I had my eye on it. And you said, bring it in, bring it in. And you started to get a little bit more urgent about it. And I weighed up my options and I thought I'd stand my ground and, and cope with the, the smack of whitewash, but we were both picked up by this wave and I was riding in water, I thought I was in the ocean, and I slammed into a, a rock wall and I've done some injuries, I've got some injuries and I went wide, I thought I was gonna be sick out of shock and uh, I scrambled up the rocks and I've got cuts all over me. Steve landed flat on his backside, which you haven't done for years, have you? <laughs> and we're lucky to be sitting here together enjoying a coffee with a lot of scotch in it. <laughs> good on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something like that. Actually, that's a pretty good description of it. Uh, we were being so careful and, you know, we always talk about the safety aspect of, of rock fishing and, yeah, there's a bit of swell this morning and we've been, we've got wet a couple of times, um, but we've been keeping an eye on the water and I'm not a big believer in uh, the terminology about a freak wave, but you're always going to get one during any any day or whatever that's a little bit bigger than the others, and, and that was it. Bonnie had a beautiful um, drummer on, and it was all sort of happening in slow motion. I could see her bringing the drummer to the surface and uh, the big wave standing up higher and higher behind, and I'm trying to stay calm and say, just swing the fish up and walk this way, and she did all that, but uh, the water hit us and nailed us both, knocked us over, and... Yeah, that hasn't happened to me for uh, probably a good 10 years. I've been knocked over a few times on the rocks. I've never actually been washed in, but uh, we've both got some cuts and scratches. We nearly went in. I've lost my rod and reel. Not real happy about that. But you've got to see the colour of um, some of the bruises on, on Bonnie's foot. Oh, actually, it's they've lost that interesting purple hue that they had before. There's a bit of red stuff, a bit of blood. my legs, Steve. <laughs> I do need to shave my legs. <laughs> yeah, the closer I get, the uglier it gets, actually, down here, yeah. No, look, you'll be OK. And um, the cuts on the hands are from those barnacles on the rocks. So I think we both ended up hanging on like limpets there at the end. But it's a salutary lesson. Uh, you'll come back now, won't you? Yeah, well, um, I'm considering getting back out there because that drummer was uh, pretty big, although I think that'd be a bit ambitious. Um, but, yeah, I'm still taking it all in. I'm still a bit shocked. <laughs> still a bit shaky about it all. But, um, yeah, I might go for a fish a little later on. You drink your coffee, dear. <laughs> You'll be right. <laughs> jabba, jabba, jabba. <laughs> Starlo and I hit the water for Brim, Flathead, Trevally and Perch. And if you fish Australia, you know why we're the lucky country. But if you haven't, after this podcast is over, we expect to see you very soon. The thing about fishing with a friend, an old buddy that you haven't seen for a while, is you, you've got to get used to their habits. Not only do they take the best spot in the boat, they don't share their goo. In fact, they don't even ask if you want some goo. We are setting some boundaries. Well, I am because it's been such a long time. I have to remember how arsy he is when it comes to getting what he wants, the best spot on the boat. 
the best yeah, lure, yeah. the best goo, the best, you know, fish knowledge. So it's all about piggybacking. Where are we going now, Steve? Somewhere out of this bloody cold wind. It's awful. <laughs> we'll come down from the Alps and find somewhere warmer. Yeah. We'll get around the corner here out of the sou'easter. It's got a really nasty edge to it. Oh, this is better. Yeah, it's Did better you feel already, that? See? that current, yeah. that warm current. Or was that you? Oh, sorry. <laughs> got no boss upon my back. Just the prize waiting to bite. Every time we did actually go fishing, even if it was really crap, I always made it sound good. True. What was that? True. <laughs> so we're going to be fine. We will. We haven't recorded for a while, but... Like a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but it's going to be great. This is a beautiful afternoon. Casting lines until the rods bend south. We'll be bringing home a heavy load of... favourite fish of all time and Stalo and I have had some amazing experiences with flathead. When I first met Steve I caught my still I think personal best. The clarity of the water, the size of the fish, the moment was fantastic and this is what we're chasing today. It is my favourite because they are so predatory, they're so quick, they're, they fight well and they taste amazing and Flathead, actually, I was watching one, a program in uh, the US the other day. Is another name for, you know, the guys that go noodling? Yeah, there's a flathead catfish. It's, it's a different species, but, yeah, they, and they just call them flathead. Yeah, possibly the ugliest yeah, fish I've ever seen. Yeah, probably uglier than our flathead. And that's saying something. But you're right, they're good to eat, good fun to catch. There you go, you're in business. You're right. rigged and I recognise that rod. So before I throw my... Oh, what have I done? Yeah, before I throw this out, my first cast, which is usually my best, yeah. or my second is always my best. Let's just describe where we are and how indicative this is of the coastal estuaries of southern New South Wales in Australia. It is. It's very typical of the estuaries in this part of the world. This is Churros Lake and Churros River. Uh, it's open to the sea and it, it stays open to the sea most of the time, this one, so it's tidal. We've actually got the tide pushing in at the moment, which is not my favourite tide for Flathead. But what I really like is the fact that the water temperature is 17.5 degrees Celsius, which is warmer than it has been for ages. So the Flathead should be starting to sort of shake off their lethargy. They're a bit reptilian. They lie around and go into hibernation in the winter, and when it starts to warm up in the springtime, like now, they, uh, they get hungry and hopefully active. So what we're going to do is we're just going to drift. We're in about six metres of water here, but we're going to drift up into shallower stuff and you're going to cast out ahead of us into that shallower water, get that soft plastic down onto the bottom yep. and then just lift, drop, lift, drop, lift, drop, waiting for that clunk. OK, so let's see how good I am. First or second cast is usually my best. Well, it's usually downhill from there it's for you. It's pretty so. short afternoon yeah. if that doesn't work out. Yeah, you're into the beers after that. <laughs> yeah, true. Global Angler. G'day, Starlo here with today's fishing tip. For most of my fishing life, which now spans over half a century, I've been a big fan of what's come to be known in more recent times as finesse fishing. The application of finesse to the fishing process simply means using the lightest tackle practical for any given situation and target species. Finer lines, lighter rods, smaller sinkers or weights, longer, skinnier leaders, that kind of thing. It might seem like a fairly simple step to take, but lightening up your approach to angling almost invariably leads to more bites and more fish hooked, regardless of where you cast a line or what fish you chase in salt, fresh or brackish water. Try it. 
lighten up, you might be pleasantly surprised at just how effective a little bit of finesse can be when it comes to fooling those fish. Oh, we have our first fish for the afternoon. Steve has just brought in a beautiful small flathead. I'm so excited for you, kind of. Well done. <laughs> oh, He's well, gorgeous. It's a start, isn't it? It's a start. It is a start. And you're in a spot that should be estuary perch. Yeah, that's a good sign for me. Yeah, anyway, that's good. That's a start. We're just going to fish up parallel with this shoreline. We're in about oh, five metres of water and it'll come up to about four metres as we go along here. There's some nice snags in along the edge and if we were fishing for brim or estuary perch, we'd cast in really close to those. But I'm hoping there might be some flathead just lying on the bottom, just out here, off the snags a little bit. There's usually a couple here. Tide's a bit funny at the moment, though. You're on. Steve's on. Oh, nice. What have you got nice. there? Might be a perch, might be a perch. Might be a perch. Let's hope Starlo has got his first estuary perch for the afternoon. Oh, it's oh, yeah. going for a little run. Oh, nice. this is great. I think it's a brim. Oh, nice fish, Starlo. <laughs> yeah, he's a cracking brim for in here. We don't get a lot of um, big brim in here for some reason. He's a, he's a really nice fish. Look he's at a that. great fish. Yeah, well, that's the thing, fishing this kind of uh, structure. We've got a mixture of rock bars and snags here, and the bottom's up and down from... Uh, four metres up to sort of less than a metre and he actually came out of quite shallow water about a metre and a half had a little bump on the previous cast I didn't say anything to you I didn't want you to shoot your lure in there <laughs> look at that we'll put him in the live well get a photo of absolutely gorgeous <laughs> Do you still have, I mean, obviously, this is your backyard here in the southern coast of Australia, New South Wales. You obviously have and always have, wherever you've lived, a milk trail that you keep going back to to know that you'll catch something. Are we on the next stop? Yeah. Preferably out of the snow? <laughs> you do come up with a series of, like, bus stops that you can go to and you like to think that there'll be a fish at one of them, but conditions change and, and fish change, so they're not always going to be there. And sometimes you go to somewhere that you haven't fished before and bingo, you catch catch fish straight away. So it pays not to get locked into patterns. So maybe it wasn't going to be my second or even my first cast. It might be the second stop, the next bus stop. Woo! Sounder looks hot. It's hot. Um, yeah, I'd say they're blackfish, Luderick. But, okay. but that's good to know because I'm going to come back and fish for those tomorrow. Oh, i got to love a good depth sounder. All right, we can go fast now. Want to get some going fast noise? Now we are going fast. Can you hear the motor? We are going fast. Anchor up again, chase the wind again, steer the mother rudder bound for glory. We won't be given in till we're hauling in enough to feed an army for it. G'day, Starlo here with today's fishy fact. 
You know, fish are pretty amazing critters. They've been around in one form or another for somewhere between 300 and 500 million years. They've outlasted the dinosaurs and they're still going strong. Chances are they'll probably outlast us too. Fish are also one of the most successful animal groups on the planet, with around 30,000 species currently swimming in the world's oceans, rivers and lakes. By contrast, there's only about 5,500 species of mammals and 9,000 different reptiles. So 30,000 species is one hell of a lot. Fish come in all sorts of shapes and sizes too, and the biggest ones are absolutely humongous. The whale shark can grow to at least 13 metres in length and weigh over 20 tonnes. Perhaps even more spectacular are some of the growth rates that we see in the fishy world. Blue marlin hatch from an egg the size of the head of a pin and grow at a phenomenal speed. In 20 years or so, they can potentially reach almost 1,000 kilos or 2,000 pounds. That's a weight increase in the order of tens of millions of times. No other animal on Earth or in the water increases its size by such an astronomical factor during its lifetime. In future instalments of The Global Angler, we'll take a look at a lot more fascinating fishy facts. Until then, this is Starlo wishing you tight lines. The Global Angler. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh. How long is it since you've caught a fish? <laughs> the adrenaline is just going that. straight through my body to the point where I can't speak. I've just brought in a Trevally and uh, my previous cast, I lost a decent-sized flathead, but I'm absolutely... Thrilled. Been such a long time since I've caught a decent fish, and I know this is not a very large fish, but for mm, me, right. it is fantastic. That mm. that big shot of <laughs> that kick of am I going to lose this? Because the last one that I lost, I was so devastated. I, you, I'm so glad we weren't recording because <laughs> I said some few choice words. But yeah, he's beautiful, mm. gorgeous he's fish, absolutely great. Right, Just to have that like feeling on the end of the line for from such a long time, like it's like ah. Oh. Yeah, he went hard. Oh. He went hard. When he got under the boat, <laughs> sizzled a bit of line off. I'm thrilled. Paid off to stay out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's the magic time. Look at that. The witching hour. We went from freezing, windy, horrible weather. We were getting miserable and we stopped talking for a while. And now it's just gorgeous. It is. Oh, that's We've got time to catch another fish. Sailing on the tide will not return until we're stacked. An esky full of beers will soon replace with what we catch. Catch up with Snagger and me next time as we uncover some of the most extraordinary fishing grounds this world has to offer. And I wouldn't miss it for quids. Starlo, make sure you give me a shout anytime you want to go fishing. And make sure you join us for the next episode of the Global Angler Podcast. Tight lines. Back the booting by the bay. Tie the knots that take the weight Got my mates by my side And we'll be frying up tonight Sailing on the tide We'll not return until we're stacked An esky full of beers We'll soon replace with what we catch Got no boss upon my back Just the prize waiting to bite Casting lines until the rods bend south We'll be bringing home a heavy load, all right Sailing